there have been some interesting Lamar Jackson takes over the last 24, 48 hours, and we talk about why a lot of them aren't correct. All that and more coming up next here on this Tuesday edition of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here, making us your first listen each and every day. We're free and available as always, all podcasting platforms that includes over in video form on YouTube. Also, anywhere you get your audio podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL. For $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're a daily five-day-a-week Ravens podcast. We also do live streams after every game and after every piece of Ravens big news. So we bring your Ravens analysis, news, updates, injuries, everything. Baltimore Ravens, we're your one-stop shop for it right here. So tell a friend, tell a family member. Maybe you have a, a friend who's a fan of an opposing team. They want to get a Ravens perspective. You can come here to Locked on Ravens to get that as well. So appreciate all the support and appreciate everybody who has subscribed already here to the channel. And if you're new, welcome in. If you're coming back again, welcome back. We have a lot to talk about today, though. Obviously, it was not a great Sunday for the Ravens, and it was not a great weekend, honestly, for Baltimore sports with the Orioles going down 2-0 and also the Terps losing to Ohio State. But the Ravens game was frustrating. 17-10 to loss where turnovers, obviously the drops were the biggest story. We're going to be talking about Lamar Jackson in this first segment, though, because there was a lot of conversation on Monday about Lamar. And some of it, some of those takes were not correct. So we're going to be talking about the takes that were fired off yesterday. And there were some that were right, and I want to address those too. But look, Lamar, I think, deserves more respect than what he's being given by some national outlets. And, you know, you can say, yes, that's what the national media does. And, you know, they don't watch all the games as that and the other. There have been a lot of perspectives on the national media over the years by people. But I think it's still important to address these and either debunk or support some of these takes. So we'll talk about that in the first segment. Then we'll dive into more general Raven Steelers takeaways. Obviously, that will still cover Lamar, still cover the drops. And we'll get into the drops in the final part of the show, too. So a free-flowing show all the way through here today so let's let's dive into it let's talk Lamar again plenty of conversation about Lamar on Monday the Ravens lose to the Steelers 17 to 10 and look I think everybody had a part to play in it but we have to be honest with ourselves Lamar was not at the top of that list for a guy who threw no touchdowns and one interception and somebody said this on Twitter I can't remember I can't remember who it was but somebody said it it was one of the best no-touchdown, one-interception games that has ever been played by Lamar Jackson. And again, you don't want to judge people off of the box score, right? You want to judge them off of the film. In the film, Lamar was hitting guys in stride for the most part. Wide-open passes were being dropped. Again, I think the official number was seven passes that were dropped. Again, depending on who you ask, maybe there were eight in there. But it was just an abysmal day for the pass catchers, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews. You have Zay Flowers in there, Nelson Aguilar. They were just dropping balls all over the place. And the first thing that I think caught a lot of people's attention was the first take headline. You know, Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp, Rex Ryan was on there as well. 
And again, we saw the receivers drop all these passes and Lamar not get helped out. And the headline when they were talking about the Ravens was, are Ravens getting money's worth from Lamar? Which Stephen A. Smith then went on to say, yes, you know, he understands the drops and everything, but he went over the fourth quarter turnovers that Lamar has over the course of his career, the fourth quarter quarter turnovers that happened in this game in particular. And I understand the points like, sure, Lamar has had some fourth quarter turnovers and I'm not trying to excuse those. Again, my my goal here is to praise when praise is deserved and criticize when criticism is deserved. I will criticize Lamar for those fourth quarter turnovers, that interception was a bad throw and Dan Orlovsky actually broke it down and explained why he didn't like the play, the throw, et cetera, et cetera. But again, that fumble, I would probably put, you know, there has to be more awareness by Lamar on that play, but Ronnie Stanley got beat bad. He got beat. He had what? I think 11 pressures given up as charter by PFF. I can't remember the exact number, but it was a really, really bad day for Ronnie Stanley. But back to Lamar, You can't sit there and say that, you know, yes, I understand the drops, right? The drops are an issue. And it wasn't just Stephen A. I'm not not just trying to call out Stephen A in this because I saw it other places too. But people were saying, yeah, well, Lamar's the reason the Ravens lost this game. And, you know, again, I don't think Stephen A said, oh, Lamar's the reason they lost week five. But then he started talking about the contract that he just signed when before this game, he was second in the NFL in completion percentage after this game, again, where he had seven to eight drops. He dropped to the fifth spot right ahead of Jared Goff and right behind Justin Herbert. I haven't run the numbers yet at the time of this recording. I'm I'm going to, but I assume that if those seven or eight drops are accounted for and caught, Lamar would probably be in the three spot, maybe the two spot, maybe the four spot, but he would be above five and probably by a pretty wide margin. So I'm going to run those numbers, but it was Lamar was hitting guys in stride. The film was so good for him for the most part. Not every throw was perfect. I'm not trying to say it was, but those drops, again, tanked the completion percentage, tanked the yardage, tanked the touchdowns, and people will look at him now for some of these other stats that don't look as impressive. For example, his touchdown percentage is 2.8 right now. That, in terms of qualifiers, ranks 24th in the league. That would be much higher if those, what, three touchdowns were left on the board? That would have been much higher. Yards per attempt, Lamar actually still ranks 13th in that, so middle of the pack-ish, but there were a lot of 20-plus yard completions that were left off the table from those pass catchers. So you can look at the box score and you can say, oh yeah, well, Lamar ranks in the bottom, you know, five or bottom 10 in this and in the middle of the pack in this. But the fact is the Ravens won, you know, Lamar in terms of attempts this year, you know, we can always go off of attempts in terms of where you should rank guys. I always go off of yards per attempt and it's a, it's a fickle game either way. Well, Lamar ranks 24th in attempts right now with 143. So he's not throwing the ball as much. For example, Kirk Cousins leads the NFL with 204. Lamar's not throwing the ball as much, so the yards aren't going to be up there for him. On the season, Lamar only has 1,030 passing yards compared to, you know, two Elisa League with 1,614. But I don't don't do stats like that. I do stats based off of yards per attempt. And Lamar currently, again, 13th in the league, right in the middle of the pack, with 7.2. So you can talk about everything like touchdown percentage and interception percentage based off of, you know, pass attempts and everything. But Lamar, for the most part, he's been, you know, not bad protecting the football in terms of interceptions. 1.4. Now the fumbles are a different issue. The fumbles are a different story, but it's not like he's thrown 10 interceptions already this season, right? He's only thrown two. 
what people are making it out to be like he's at the top of the league with Jimmy Garoppolo and Daniel Jones and Mac Jones and Sam Howell. Those guys lead the league with six. Lamar hasn't been that bad in the interception category where it's been bad for Lamar has been the fumbles and the ball security. And obviously that absolutely has to get cleaned up. But in terms of some of these, you know, MVP candidates, I don't think Lamar, you know, the Ravens record has a part to do has a part to play in this whole thing and everything does, but People to me, and I'm not up here saying Lamar's going to win MVP right now, right? But he's been in a conversation where he's getting disrespected because of the others on his team's shortcomings. Now, also, it has to do with the turnovers. Also, it has to do with some of these decisions he's made. I'm not trying to absolve Lamar of all blame, so don't take it that way because I'm not doing that. Lamar does deserve blame in some of these situations that interception was bad. The decision at the end of the Colts game was bad, right? There have been those moments from Lamar this season, but I think those moments for Lamar get magnified and his successes get pushed down. As, as we've seen, this is not a new trend for Lamar, but with the contract, it's just it's a different angle to the same conversation where now it's, oh, well, is Lamar's contract worth it? Because he hasn't thrown for X amount of yards or he has X amount of fourth quarter turnovers. Turnovers are one story, and obviously for trends, you can talk about it, and the ball security has to get better. I'm not denying that. But I think the level of disrespect we saw for Lamar Jackson on Monday did have to be addressed. And we did see, you know, Rex Ryan ended up saying that, you know, Lamar can't throw it and catch it. They had eight drops, including three that would have been touchdowns. That's not Lamar's fault. Robert Griffin III, his former teammate, came to his defense as well, saying, the real question that we need to ask is, is he getting enough out of the guys around him on offense before we start talking about his contract? He's out there fighting for his life. I don't know what more the guy can do. So there was support around the league, and Torrey Smith chimed in too and said that if the Ravens won the game, it's not even a conversation. But part of the issue with Lamar, and part of the reason it's so frustrating, I think, for a lot of people, is the fact that we saw Patrick Mahomes in week one, his receivers let him down. Darius Tony had a terrible game. They lose that game to the Lions. But then the national media narrative for Mahomes was, oh, you know, not concerned about the Chiefs and it'll be okay. And then for the Ravens, it's, oh, well, is, is are the Ravens getting the most out of Lamar's contract? So it's that what's been, what's been an issue for, I think, Lamar's entire career. And I understand Mahomes is more accomplished in terms of playoff success. He has the Super Bowls. I'm not trying to dispute that fact. But when things happen like this, where it's not all on Lamar. You know, the conversation coming out of Sunday's game should have been, yeah, Lamar had the bad fourth quarter turnover slash turnovers, depending on how you want to look at it. But there's no question the receivers let him down. And I think there was some of that, but we also saw some disrespect there. So I just wanted to address it. And that's all I wanted to do there. We're coming up to the second part of the show. We'll get into more general Ravens dealers takeaways. Lamar will be in that too, obviously, but we'll talk about that a little more as well. So be sure to stay tuned, plan to talk about here on Locked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. And there have been plenty of times personally when I've had some frustrating ticket buying experiences. I will, Sometimes I wasn't sure if the seats were actually going to be good. I couldn't really see them. Also, last minute tickets were super hard to find for me. Plus, no good deals are ever available most of the time. But you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying those tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets in the game time app. There's a lot going on in the Baltimore area. Now, hopefully the Orioles will be back for a game five. They play the Rangers in Texas for two after going down to nothing, but 
for the Orioles playoffs. If there is a game five in Baltimore, that'll be something to browse over on game time. Plus there are plenty of concerts available in the Baltimore area as well, which is super exciting. And there are a bunch of good things that you can do over on the game time app. It's super easy to use and they have last minute tickets over there, flash deals, zone deals. It's easy to find and buy tickets over there as well for every kind of event in the area. And you can view from all areas in the venue. You can look at where your seats actually are. Plus, they have a lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you the complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. They have all-in prices that show your total up front, so you know how you're getting a great deal without the hidden fees. And plus, you can buy tickets in seconds with two taps. And they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats, find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and so much more with zone deals. Do you pick the section and game time picks the seats? For an average of 18% savings, and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of that difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with the game time down the game time app. Create an account. Use code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code LOCKDOWNNFL, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back talking the Ravens here on Locked On Ravens Tuesday edition. Taco Tuesday at that. Kevin Ostraker. Still rocking out with you here. It was a rough game again for the Ravens. 17 to 10 loss to the Steelers in week five. They fall to three and two, two and one in their division. But there are things to take away, right? We're now two days after the game here on Tuesday. And taking away things from watching film, watching highlights, looking over the stats a little bit more. We talked about Lamar a lot. And again, I think it was one of the better games I'd seen from a quarterback that didn't throw a touchdown, partially because he should have had three or four. But again, that's... It is here nor there, but it's not at this point because it happened. But one of the things I will say is that some of the some of the coaching stuff that we've seen, Todd Munkin has taken a little longer to adjust to a to a certain level than I thought it would have taken. I again, as I've talked about on this show plenty of times, I've talked about it over on Bleacher Report and Ravens Wire and everywhere. It was always going to be a learning process, a growing process for this offense. But I do think that some of the conservativeness that we've seen in play calling and some of the decisions play calling wise, especially down at the goal line late in the game, the Ravens get the ball at the five yard line from their special teams. I think, what was it? They run the ball. I'll pull up the play by play quickly. They run the ball with Gus Edwards, I think. And Baltimore ends up, I think throwing the ball two times after that, which I don't even know. Because it was the Edwards play, it was Gus Edwards to the Pittsburgh Force. Okay, so they start at the seven, excuse me. But regardless, first and goal, start at the seven, they get three yards on Gus Edwards. Then it was that little shovel, the shovel, like you see the Chiefs do it with Mahomes and Kelsey. It was the shovel to Mark Andrews that Quan Alexander sniffed out pretty easily. But then it's the goal line fade, the red zone fade to Odell. The, the throw was short. I didn't like the play call. I thought they should have run it more there. I think that Todd Munkin he kind of figured out the idea in that second half when they had to essentially run the clock out and they needed to, to get out of there healthy against the Browns and Dorian Thompson Robinson and that Cleveland defense. But I don't think Todd Munkin is utilizing the run game as much as he should be. I think that there is this emphasis and it's something we saw with Greg Roman. I'm not comparing the two, please don't get that idea, but it's something we saw with Greg Roman to me after the 2019 season. 
And this is a little different because obviously Greg Roman was the orchestrator of that historic 2019 Ravens offense, but they come into 2020 after being this all-time great rushing team, set multiple records, you know, set the standard for what a rushing team is for the most part. And then they come into 2020 and they attempt to throw the ball way, 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 way too much. And the whole premise of bringing in Todd Munkin to replace Greg Roman was you wanted to have a more competent passing offense, a more consistent passing offense. But in that, the the whole plan, and this is something that I had talked about in the offseason, was you can't get too far away from what was working for you in the run game. It is totally cool if the Ravens want to go in there, throw the ball more, you're bringing Odell, bringing Zay Flowers, bringing the pass-catching weapons, and bringing the creativity of Todd Munkin. But there hasn't been as much creativity as I thought there, there would have been. And up, at least up to this point, I'm not saying that by the time we're talking in December, January, it won't get better. But I just thought in that area, there would have been a little more growth and a little more commitment to the run game where the Ravens right now. I mean, I'll, I'll pull up the stats quickly here in terms of actual attempts for the Ravens and what they're doing running the ball this season. Rushing, they're still in the top in rushing attempts this year with 164. But I think that even then, you have to have a better commitment in games like this, right? In games like this, where the ground game was working for the most part. And look, the pass game was working too. The, the receivers just weren't executing, right? We wouldn't be talking about this right now if, you know, for example, Zay Flowers caught one of his passes or Rashad Bateman caught the touchdown probably, right? There were areas where Todd Munkin schemed up really, really, really good plays. I'm not trying to bash on Todd Munkin here. I'm just saying that I think in certain situations, right, it's situational play calling. I'm not saying the Ravens aren't running the ball this year. They obviously are their top five rushing attempts. But I think that in certain situations, they need to commit to the run game a little bit more because that's what's been working for them still because they are fourth in attempts. But it's not just the attempts in this. Obviously, with attempts comes the yards. But they're 10th in yards per attempt right now, which is kind of what I judge on. But it's been a couple of weird games with, you know, the first game not being a great rushing game for them. They've gotten better. I think Justice Hill provides them with a spark in that. I think Gus Edwards is, one of, again, one of the most consistent runners in the league. But you have to be able to complement those two together. And I think in this game in particular, we didn't see enough of that. We saw it. I'm not saying there wasn't any of it, but I, I go back to that. First and goal from the seven. I think there should have been one more rushing attempt in there, even just to solidify. If Gus Edwards loses yards on that play on third down, you get points. You get Justin Tucker out there to kick the field goal. So that to me is it. Another one is the execution stuff with the drops, with the penalties, with the fumbles. It just has to get better. Now, this game obviously was drops and turnovers. But the drops have to get cleaned up. I mean, it was such a shift. Obviously, Ravens PFF put out that tweet that the Ravens receivers hadn't dropped the pass all season. We now know that that is far from the truth, but it's different execution things in different games. And that also has to get cleaned up. I think from a player perspective, I kind of talked about Lamar, the rushing game a little bit. I think that Odell just needs time and Rashad Bateman needs time, but it's running out, right? We're now five weeks into the season. These guys haven't been on the field for the full year so far. They've had to both miss some time but they're going to need other players to step up other than Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews. Odell has had some nice moments. Rashad Bateman really hasn't had a ton, but it's almost going back to the conversation of what are you going to do about Marquise Brown and, and Mark Andrews? That was back in 2019 and 2020 and, and 2021, which it was, oh, well, who are you going to defend and who are you going to let go? And I think it's a little better this year because they have 
better pass catching guys around them. But again, the only consistent contributors have been Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews. Nelson Aguilar has been sprinkled in there as well defensively. I mean, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, I think, are the best linebacker duo in the NFL. I mean, that to me was a takeaway. But also, Marcus Williams and Marlon Humphrey. It's a conversation I'm interested in, depending on what people think about it. I didn't think either of those guys looked fully 100%. Like, on some plays, they did not look like they should have been playing in that game. Maybe it was just me. Maybe I was just seeing stuff on the tape. But that was a takeaway I had. I'm just like, I don't know, like, it just didn't feel right. Like, it didn't feel like them. Marlon got beat on the touchdown, obviously. He had a couple of nice plays, but Marcus Williams, you know, finished up some tackles. But those two, to me, I don't know what their injury situation is. Obviously, there was some questions about Marcus Williams even coming back this season. And for Marlon, foot injuries, you know, are generally no joke. So hopefully those guys will be a little healthier, or at least look a little healthier for week six. Coming up in the final part of the show, we'll talk a little bit more about the mistakes the Ravens have had and just how you fix all this stuff and some of the more hot takes that we saw on Monday about that. So I'm sure the state team plan to talk about on the show. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's snapping into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there are a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So I know Zay Flowers, I think, has been winning a lot of people money over on FanDuel with his overs. He's exceeded expectations so far. Lamar has also won some people some money for sure. You know, I know that the yards might be a little bit of a week-to-week thing, but He's going out there and performing for the most part. So if you bet Lamar over on FanDuel, you might be living a little large right now, which is great. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. We're back here. Our final segment of Locked on Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still talking with you here. Ravens football, obviously. We're talking still Ravens Steelers and, and what happened in that game. Takeaways from it. But you can subscribe here on YouTube, video form, audio form. We've done a bunch of Steelers content already here talking about how the Ravens literally dropped the win against the Steelers to turn into a loss. And you can follow us on YouTube in audio form as well. Really appreciative of the audio community, the video community, even the subtext community, which has been awesome. We've been building that up to exclusive text conversations and a lot more over there. But some of these mistakes have just gotten out of hand and just the sloppiness in general, I'd say for the Ravens has gotten out of hand, especially when you're taking into account the expectations for this team under a veteran head coach and John Harbaugh, these things should not be happening as consistently as they are. And I'm, I've am i always been this way. I'm not going to be blaming it only on the coaching or only on the players. It's a combination. Obviously, the coaches aren't going out there and fumbling the balls and committing the penalties and you know dropping the passes. But I think that they have to get their guys better prepared because this isn't a rookie head coach, right? The coaches have to be better at getting their players ready to perform, ready to play. The defense seems to have no problem with that for the most part, right? They've been out there absolutely dominating their competition, but the offense has just been blunder after blunder. And what that has done is it has put the defense in bad situations. And I've said this before too. I've you know said it over the course of the last couple of shows. These games in December, in January, in February, if you're playing then, it's not going to be easy like that. And I'm not saying the games have been easy, but the defense is going to be put in bad spots by the offense. If that's the case, to me, it seems like the Dolphins and the Eagles and the Bills and the, you know, all these powerhouses, 49ers, those offenses will make the defense pay eventually. If the offense continues to put the defense in a bad spot, like they did against the Colts, like they did against the Steelers, there will be more capitalized opportunities by offenses like those 
as opposed to, you know, the Steelers who have been in shambles with Kenny Pickett and the Browns with Dorian Thompson Robinson, the Colts with Gardner Minshew. And I'm not trying to discredit what the Ravens have done defensively. Again, I think they've played lights out football and you can only play who's in front of you. But I'm just saying that the offense has put the defense in so many bad spots and the defense has had to step up and respond and respond and respond. And it's been that way for the past couple of weeks. And the offense, I don't think, has carried their weight. So when it comes to fixing drops, there was a segment on ESPN on first take. Rex Ryan was talking about, you know, I think it was actually in the part where he was he was defending Lamar. He ended up saying that you, you're catching rugby balls. And obviously Keith Williams has the receivers working in, in different ways and unique methods. And part of that is catching rugby balls. But that method came under fire by Rex Ryan when he ended up saying, hey, genius, you catch a football and da, da, da. And I don't think it's as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. Again, this has been something that the Ravens have been doing. And, you know, you can go back to when Keith Williams first came in. But that, to me, is not the biggest issue here. It's just the fundamentals of everything. And something clearly was in the past catching room's head all day. I mean, I, I think Rashad Bateman is very much in his own head. I think the fumbling, too. Some of it is the, the defenders are making really good plays, timely punch-outs, but you also see Lamar kind of swinging the ball around a little bit. Mark Andrews was swinging it around. So the ball security has to get better for them. You have to fix these mistakes because it is not going to be as generous come playoff time if you get there. And especially if you continue to put your defense in these bad situations. The defense was tired at the end of this game. And I know that there was frustration for Lamar, for the defense. I mean, Patrick Queen, you know, is tired of losing this way. And I don't think he was blaming the offense or anything, but he just said that he's tired of the same old story being the same old story. He wants to be able to fix that. And it hasn't been that way for the Ravens right now. So there are plenty of things that they need to look themselves in the mirror about because they now have to travel to London. They're there already. They're going to be playing the Titans on Sunday. That's going to be a weird game just because those those games always are. Hopefully it's not a blowout like the Jacksonville one when they went to London the first time. I'm sure everybody's tried to wipe that from their memory. But then you have to travel back and play a good Detroit Lions team, which, again, they're top of the NFC North right now. They're good. Like the Lions are a good football team now. So it's going to be a couple really weird weeks for the Ravens with this whole abroad thing. And you got to hope that they can at least come out of this one and one, if not two and oh, oh and two would be a disaster. So they have little time to fix their issues because as the season continues to go on, more and more things become more and more set in stone in terms of this is really becoming a trend. The first month of the season I give and say, you know what, up until then, things aren't trends and maybe it's just a flash in the pan. But we are here now and the biggest trend to me is the sloppiness, 100%. You know, whether it is a 13 penalty game or a four fumble game or a seven drop game. It's come in so many ways, shapes and forms that it's becoming a little disheartening now with what the Ravens have shown on the field where they could be a five and football team right now. They absolutely could. But instead we're sitting here talking about a three and two football team. And I think it's just as frustrating. I don't even know which one is more frustrating because they blew so many fourth quarter leads last year at the beginning of the season where it was, they won one, they lost one, they won one, they lost one. And it we're, might be getting there again. I don't really know. But it was the blown fourth quarter leads where we were talking about, well, if they didn't do this, they would have been a 6-0 football team. And now we're talking about, well, if they didn't do that, they'd be a 5-0 football team. So the Ravens have had these either self-inflicted mistakes or these fourth quarter collapses and things that are just completely avoidable for the most part with miscommunication and whatnot. So 
hopefully things get better coaching staff wise, execution from the player wise, and, and we'll see what ends up happening. But that's all I have for you here today. I'm locked on Ravens again. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, audio form, wherever you get those podcasts. Let me get back here tomorrow. Of course, more Ravens content. So we should stay tuned for that. Plan to talk about. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked on Ravens.